Welcome to Pawnee Language Learning. This is your Body Pakuru podcast. Nawakitu, tata sakeli, tata kita, pari, a charikstaka. And today we are going to talk about the Pawnee consonant sounds. If you need to review the Pawnee vowel sounds, you can find those in episode six. We're going to talk about the Pawnee consonant sounds today. There are ten of them. And I'm going to start with the two that tend to trip people up the most when we're reading Pawnee. It's the C sounds. We have two C's. One is just a C, nothing attached to it. I, I call it a naked C. And that ha- that says the TS sound. I looked, and there really are no true English words that start with TS. The only thing I could find was the sound. You know, when you do something wrong and grandma gets irritated, my mom still does that. You know, when she, we can always tell when she's irritated. And it's spelled T-S-K. We have some borrowed words that start with T-S. For example, the Japanese word tsunami, which is tidal wave. The Russian word tsar for leader or king. There's also the tsetse fly from Tsuwana, Africa. We do have the T-S sound in the middle of some words. Um, ketsup, the old word for ketchup. It was actually, it used to be spelled C-A-T-S-U-P. My grandma always pronounced it ketsup. There's footstep. Hot spot. So we do have that sound. We have it at the end of words like cats and suits and watts. So we do have this sound. It's just not found at the beginning of English words very often at all. So that's just your your bare, plain, naked C. We have another C that has a little V sitting right on top of it. That V is a diacritic. Remember, a diacritic is any dot, slash, curly cue, tail, squiggle that's attached to the letter that changes the sound. So this is a C with a little tiny V sitting right on top, and it has the CH sound, ch, as in church, charlie, churlish. Our tribal linguists call it the angry eyebrows. So I thought about it. How can... How can we remember these two C's and their two different pronunciations? I came up with something. Uh, Don't worry, it's not a silly song. I'm not going to sing to you today. But I came up with something that that is silly, but it might help us to remember these pronunciations. So I'm going to start with the naked C. So it's naked. There's nothing attached to it. And if Grandma ever saw anything or anybody running around naked, she certainly would go... Yeah, so a naked C gets Grandma's of disdain the T-S sound. Whereas the C with the diacritic on top, those angry eyebrows, it looks like Charlie. He looks like a, a Charlie who's churlish. Churlish means he's sour, he's irritated, he's rude, ill-mannered. Um, so Charlie is churlish because he doesn't want to go to church. So we have the angry eyebrows C, churlish Charlie in church. That's actually kind of hard to say. And then we have the naked C, that grandma will certainly go when she sees. So those are our two C's. If you can come up with something better, I would love to hear about it. I looked at the naked C and thought, well, maybe it kind of sort of looks like a wave and I could use tsunami. But my grandkids were like, no, that doesn't look like a wave. If you look at that naked C and you think it looks like a jet stream, you know, the jet stream with the TS in the middle, by all means, consider it a jet stream or whatever else you can do with these two C's to help our English brains remember that it's T and CH. And let me know in the comments. I would love to hear about it. 
Moving right along, we have an H, which is pronounced as the English H. It is often pronounced like the breathy H in aha, aha. K is a soft K, like the K in skate, skin, and sky. It's not the hard K as in Kate, kind, and king, like hiking. It's a softer K. It's in between a K and a G. We have the soft P, like the English P in spot, special, and spice. It's not a hard P, like in pop, pot, pebble, peak. We don't want, we don't want the microphone to pop with this P plosive. It's a nice soft P. S is just like the English S in snake and sass and snout. T is a soft T, as in stop, sting, stirrup. It's not a hard T, as in top and talk. If you say stop slowly, pay attention to where your tongue is. Stop. It should slide to right behind your teeth. If you say top, your tongue is probably on, on your palate. So the hard T is on your palate. There's a lot more wind going through there. The soft T, stop, the T is behind your teeth. And now we have an R, which also trips people up. It's the flapped R. It's not the English R. It's the flapped R, like the Spanish R in Rodriguez, Burrito, and Pero. You know, I went to the store, Pero, you know, that Spanish word for but. It's also the Japanese R, if you're familiar with Japanese, the um, the Japanese word for karaoke got mangled, and we pronounce it here as karaoke, but it's really karaoke, or harakiri got mangled, and it's harikiri. We do have this sound in English. It's the sound in the middle of the word butter, fatter, this pig is fatter than that pig, ladder, utter, Either a cow's utter or he was in utter dismay. So we do have this sound, we just usually don't identify it as an R. And then the W. W is just like the English W, as in water, window, and wash. And our last sound is a glottal stop. It's a little apostrophe that usually occurs at the end of a word. It can occur in the middle of a word as well. And it is a glottal stop. We do have this in English also. You'll hear it in uh-oh where the sound is stopped, uh-oh, uh-oh. Or when we were kids, you know, we'd play cowboys and Indians, and mom always insisted that we were the Indians. And so our Indians, we had machine guns, and so we'd jump out behind you know, whatever we were hiding behind, and uh, 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 and, you know, we'd get those cowboys with our machine guns. That's probably not politically correct these days, but that is the sound of a glottal stop, uh, 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 uh. So that is all of our consonant sounds. We have the naked C, the angry eyebrows C, churlish Charlie in church. We have the breathy H, the soft K, the soft P, the S, the soft T, the flapped R, the W, and the glottal stop. And that brings us to a grand total of, if you're skeety, 16 sounds, and if you're South Bend, 18 sounds. That's it. Those are all the sounds in the Pawnee language, which is really low on the linguistic sound chart. Um, it's actually called the linguistic phoneme inventory, but sound chart is just fine with me. The language with the fewest sounds 
is spoken in Papua New Guinea. It has 11 sounds only, five vowel sounds and six consonant sounds, and that's it. The language with the most sounds is spoken in southern Africa. It's the Zhu language, and it has 164 sounds, and that's including lots of clicks and other sounds that are absolutely not found in English. Pawnee is right on par with some of the Polynesian languages. Uh, Tahitian and Hawaiian have 13 sounds. Tongan has 16. If this is boring to you, just skip ahead. I find this stuff fascinating, and so I like to geek out on it. But if you're not interested, feel free to just ignore this and skip ahead. If you go to Europe, we have French with 36 sounds, Russian with 38, German with 40, and English with 44. In Asia, you've got Thai, also has 44, Japanese has 46, and Chinese has 25, but Chinese has various tones also. And then I was curious, how does Pawnee stack up with other Native American languages? We're, we're doing really good. Ute has 25, Ojibwe has 40, Apache has 45 sounds, Cheyenne has 50. The Salish language group in the Pacific Northwest where I live, they have 60, Choctaw has 60, uh, Osage has 45, Navajo has 45, and Cherokee has 90, 90 different sounds. So we are doing really well with 16 and 18 sounds, and none of these sounds, or I should say, and all of these sounds are found in the English language. And if I can just take a minute to give a big fat thank you to our tribal linguists, Zach and Taylor, Zach Rice and Taylor Moore, they had to decide how to write down these Pawnee sounds. And in looking at a lot of the other Native American languages where their tribe has tried to decide, you know, how are we going to write this down, most of them, if not all of them that I've seen, have chosen to use the international linguistic system, which I had to learn it when I was in college because I studied linguistics. But they have all kinds of squiggles and lines and characters that are not found in English. It's like trying to read Russian. It looks kind of sort of like English, but it's not. I have a friend that speaks Lashootseed, which is the language that the Puyallup Indians speak here. And she was showing me how it was written. And oh my goodness, I couldn't even begin to figure out how to pronounce those words. So thank you, Zach and Taylor. We have A's and C's and H's and K's and P's and E's and I's and U's, nothing that we don't recognize, and all of the sounds in Pawnee are indeed found in English. So I am excited. We can definitely pronounce these words. We can definitely speak this language. So thank you very much, and we will see you next time. Kstuchirakirit. Pawnee Language Learning, the Pari Pakuru podcast, was produced, recorded, and slightly edited by Kelly Cedarfield. A transcript of this episode is available on the Substack website. Any and all profit that may occur with this podcast will be donated to the Pawnee Language Program in Pawnee, Oklahoma.